With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. You know why? Because you're smart. See you later. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to a Wednesday edition of The Riley and Kimmy Show, episode number 1240. It is a May 10th, if you're keeping track or forgot to flip the calendar. Right next to me is Kimmy. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. You know what you are. You're bumbling, stupid, incompetent, and useless. And those are your good points. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you for being part of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If this is your first time listening to the Riley and Kimmy Show, we offer a pop culture alternative we, we we get you away from things for a little bit. We focus on the world of yesteryear, retro, and things like that, nostalgia. And the key thing is fun. Right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. Be sure to tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. You can find social media links. And uh, if you could like the Riley and Kimmy Show Facebook page, we'd deeply appreciate that. And share it with your friends. That would be a big help. And where can you find all those social media links archived episodes, and celebrity interviews. Where can you find those, Kimmy? At RileyandKimmy.com. That's right, RileyandKimmy.com. Also, nerd news and information about things that have been released at comic book stores because today is Wednesday, and what is a Wednesday in the world of nerdum, Kimmy? Well, Wednesday is always new comic book day. That's right, and go right to our nerd news section. You'll find a list of everything that's brand new at comic book stores throughout the country. We also have a comic book shop locator available on our website. and find a place to go to if you've never been to a comic book store or if it has been a long time being a wednesday the 10th of may the question we have for you kimmy is are you willing and able to play nerd and pop culture geek trivia well of course i would timeline has been adjusted that's right it's not chronological it's been messed up it's all scattered it's all over the place give kimmy a little bit of a challenge because she's really smart we've determined she is a vulcan yeah or something like that data i don't know uh yeah it's got something going on there she's ultra smart play along with kimmy feel free to shout out answers if you think she's going to stall on something or get it wrong we believe in time travel answers that's right so yell at that smartphone, that laptop, that desktop, whatever computing device you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show on. Yeah, that tablet, too. You listen to The Riley and Kimmy Show on so many things. We are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Here we go, Kimmy, with the very first question for you. It was on this date, and I want the year that this movie was released. It premieres on this date. Give me the year. We give you a two-year plus or minus the movie was written by Michael Crichton. It's called Twister. Yes, Twister. And tell me the two stars that went chasing tornadoes. It's not the tornado. The tornado's not the star. Helen Hunt? Yeah. And, mm. Can't do it? Mm-mm. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. That's who I thought it was. I was trying to think of his name. What year? 
Um, 96? That's exactly right. See how you do on this one. Give me the year within two. Laverne and Shirley airs for the last time on ABC TV in original runs. 1983. What year? 83. How do you know this? Is somebody yelling this to really? you? Really? Yes, you got that one right too. Huh? I don't know. These numbers are coming to my head. Well, let's get you some uh, lottery tickets and things like that. I know. Wow, that's good. Okay, it was on this day, 1503. Christopher Columbus discovers the Cayman Islands. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1752. He was a brave person. This individual tests the lightning conductor with his kite flying experiment. What person or what individual did this? Ben Franklin. Yes. So you're on a roll. It was on this date in 1840. Mormon leader Joseph Smith moved his band of followers to Illinois to escape the hostilities they had experienced in Missouri. It was on 1869. Central Pacific and Union Pacific Railroads, they met. They met in Utah. A golden spike was driven in at the celebration of the first transcontinental railroad in the United States. That changed a lot of things, causing people to move out west, make it made it easier. It was on this date. The Go-Go's announced their breakup. This is the first breakup, Kimmy. Tell me what year we give you a two-year plus or minus. Um, 85? <laughs> this is getting weird. Really? That is exactly right. Wow. Oh, boy. Where is that lottery ticket? Yes. It was on this date. The first Mother's Day observance takes place. It took place at a church service in West Virginia within 20 years. When did that happen? Mm, the first Mother's Day? Yes. Uh, um, 1950. You missed that. I didn't think it was impossible, but you did miss it. It was 1908 that happened. Mm. It was 1924. J. Edgar Hoover was appointed the head of what organization? The FBI. That's correct. The Federal Bureau of Investigation. It was 1927. The Hotel Statler in Boston became the first hotel to install radio headsets in each of its 1,300 rooms. That is impressive. It gives you an idea just how powerful radio was becoming. It was on his date, 1930. The Adler Planetarium opened to the public in Chicago, Illinois. Have you ever been there? Sadly, no. Ooh. We never did that. I know. Oh. That's the one one of the places that I didn't ever get to. Shame. Okay, Kimmy. Comic book question. Give me the year you get a plus or minus of two. And tell me the comic book company. This company publishes the first issue of The Incredible Hulk. What company? Marvel. Correct. What year? The first Hulk? The, the very first time Hulk is seen by the world within two years. 1952? 1962, that happens. And by the way, Stan Lee, still scheduled to be in Orlando mm-hmm. at Megacon. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, Kimmy, 1963, DECA Records signs this British group on advice of Beatle George Harrison. Who would he recommend? And they would become huge. Oh, um, wow, I don't know. The Rolling Stones. Really? Yes. 1964, Dusty Springfield made her U.S. television debut on The Ed Sullivan Show. It's 1968. This lead singer of The Doors incites a riot during a Chicago concert. Who is it? Jim Morrison. Yep. 1969, the National and American Football Leagues announced their plans to merge... They do that for the 1970-71 season. 1969, the Turtles and the Temptations play at the White House upon the request of Tricia Nixon. Mark Volman fell off the stage five times. 
bounced off the stage five times. Five times. Five, five, five times. Wow. Once those lights are bright, you can't see where the edge is. Okay. Yeah, that, that's it. So on the state, 1973, Bruce Lee collapses in Golden Harvest Studios in Hong Kong and is rushed to a hospital. That's where doctors diagnose him with cerebral edema. He dies July 20th, 1973. At what age? Within two. Um. He dies July 20th, 1973. Um, 27? He was 32. 32. It's 1974. This person records this song. Kimmy, identify the recording artist. Well, first identify the song and then tell me the recording artist. Here is your audio clue. All around in my home, they're trying to track me down. They say they want to bring me in guilty. Okay, Kimmy, that's your audio clue. What is the song? I shot the sheriff. I shot the sheriff. That's correct. And who is a recording artist? Eric Clapton. That's right. 1975, Stevie Wonder and his band Wonder Love played for 125,000 people at the Washington Monument. It was part of Human Kindness Day. It was on this date, 1982, Elliot Gould made his dramatic television debut after 30 movies in 17 years. He starred in The Rules of Marriage on CBS TV. The year, 1986, this song hits number one on the British pop charts. It would go to the United States and be very big. Identify the song and then tell me the recording artist. Here's your clue. Okay, Kimmy, tell me the name of the song. Amadeus. 1985, Austrian rock singer Falco records. I'm looking at the judges to determine if Kimmy gave the right answer. Well, yeah, they, they, are accepting, me, they, they are accepting your answer, Kimmy. You got under the wire. The judges say it's okay. Yes, and who was the recording artist? Well, it said it right there. Yes. Falco. Well, I, but I knew it. Well, it's short attention span theater with you. I didn't know. Okay, moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was 1986. Navy Lieutenant Commander Donnie Cochran became the first black pilot to fly with a Blue Angels team. It was 1988 in the United Kingdom. This person's 10th album was released entitled Love Sexy. Now, some stores refused to sell Love Sexy due to the nude portrait that was on the cover. Who is the recording artist? Prince. That's right. Do you have that in your collection? No. It was on this date, John Wayne Gacy, mass murderer, is executed in Illinois at the age of 52. What year within five years? 85? 1994 is when that happened. 2002, Dr. Pepper announced that it would be introducing a new flavor called Red Fusion for the first time in 117 years. It was 2005 actress and model Heidi Klum weds what singer? Who is the person she gets married to in 2005? Seal. Yes, we didn't even have to give you an audio clue. You actually knew that, and we are very... Very pleased. 
See, she is smart. You are very smart. It's 2011, it was announced that Microsoft had closed a deal to purchase the internet phone service called Skype for $8.5 billion. 2013, in New York, crane operators hoisted the final pieces of the Spire atop One World Trade Center, formerly called the Freedom Tower. Moving over to notable and celebrity birthdays and notorious people having a birthday. Born on this date, 1838, Kimmy, an American actor and assassin. He murdered President Abraham Lincoln. Tell me who it is. John Wilkes Booth. Yes. And where did he commit the assassination at? Ford's Theater. Correct. Next question, because I know it's short attention span theater. Tell me how old he was when he died. 32? John Wilkes Booth was 26 years old wow. when he passed away. May have been may have been killed, may not have. There are those who say he did not die in the barn. Next person, Kimmy, born 1899, died in 1987 to the age of 88. Film and stage dancer, choreographer, singer, actor, and he danced many times with Ginger Rogers. And he did a lot of voice work. He was in the movie Ghost Story in 1981. He was part of the TV show It Takes a Thief. The latter years, he played Alexander Mundy's dad. He was on. He he voiced Santa Claus is Coming to Town in 1970, and he was on Battlestar Galactica in 1979 for an episode. Who is it? Fred Astaire. That's right. I thought maybe you'd guess somebody else. Well, it's possible. Hmm. Yeah, well, you could have. Could have guessed the person was in Singing in the Rain. Mm. Right? Mm. Eh, might have. Possibly. David O. Selznick, born 1902, died 1965 at the age of 63. An American film producer, screenwriter, and film studio executive, best known for producing Gone with the Wind in 1939 and Rebecca in 1940, both of those earning him an Academy Award for Best Picture. 1922, this person was born, died 1992 at the age of 69. Actress, comedian, during her five-decade-long career, she may be best remembered for being Mildred on Macmillan and Wife and some other shows, but she's also known for being part of Bounty, the TV commercials. Oh, you do that every time you take Helen off for snack? If there isn't a spill a minute in this place, I get nervous. I used to use whatever was on sale, but I got so many guys like Harry coming in, I had to get Bounty. It gets spills up before they get you down. Bounty is the quick picker-upper. Watch this. Two glasses, same amount of juice. Bounty here, my old brand here. In they go. You see, Bounty absorbs more liquid faster. Here, put it on. Bounty's strong even when wet. And don't forget, Bounty's the quick picker-upper. Gimme, that's Nancy who? What's her last name? Wilson? Walker. No, Walker. Nancy Walker. Walker. Now tell me, she played the mother of a certain character on two shows. Can you tell me the name of the person she was the mother to? Rhoda? Yep, Rhoda on the Mary Tyler Moore Show and then, of course, Rhoda itself. And she thinks that she got the role for Rhoda in Mary Tyler Moore because of the Bounty commercials, hmm. even though she was doing Macmillan and Wife too. She did Bounty from 1970 to 1990, and she coined the catchphrase, the quicker picker upper. You can thank her for that. Hmm. Born 1930, Pat Summerall, an American NFL player for the New York Giants, and CBS sportscaster, born in Lake City, Florida, passes away 2013 at the age of 82. Next person, voice actor, announcer, Kimmy. Tell me who he is. We have 
extra clues if you need it. Here's a sample of this iconic voice. He was born in 1934, passed away 2015 at the age of 80. Hi, friends. Have you ever said to yourself, I would like a career in radio announcing? If the answer to that is yes, then you're going about it in the wrong way. You should say it to someone else. What does it take to become a radio announcer? Well, actually, it takes many things. Do you own your own voice? Can you say six silly words without laughing and mean them? Do you have a lot of money? Well, if so, you qualify for enrollment in the Golden Voice Announcer School. I'll bet that you'd never guess from the sound of my voice that I am actually a 67-year-old deaf-mute woman and that only nine short years ago I heard a commercial just like this one and was inspired to climb out of my deathbed and enroll. As soon as my check for $13,000 was received, classes began. In addition to announcing, our voice training course will teach you to impersonate TV and motion picture stars like this. <clears throat> Howdy, partner, I'm John Wayne. Or, <clears throat> Howdy, partner, I'm Natalie Wood. Isn't that exciting? You can learn to do many other famous persons' voices, like Stanley L. Spiro, Carl Betts, Elena Verdugo, Ferrante and Teicher, or the all-time favorite, Don DeFore. Here's how to take advantage of this limited offer. Send $13,000 and any priceless heirloom to Golden Voice Announcer School, care of Phil's Barbershop, Waco, Texas. And as a bonus, if you sign up immediately, you will receive an actual recording of Dick Clark, way back in 1956, stuttering and unable to pronounce the word nope. So don't delay. Send your check today and get in on the high-paying action as a famous radio personality. And remember our slogan, if it weren't for your mouth, You'd be talking out of your nose. Okay, Kimmy, for that way back Wednesday moment there, tell me who that iconic voice belonged to. Gary Owens. Ooh, and what is the big cartoon he is identified with being the first voice of? Space Ghost. That's correct. And what comedy show was he announcer on? Um, that would be Laughing. Yeah, Rowan and Martin's Laughing. He was a prominent part of that. That is Gary Owens. He's one of those souls I wish I could have met. A uh, very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy show. Was friends with him, a friend of ours, Mike Beauvais. And one of my other friends, one of my mentors, uh, spent time with him in Los Angeles. Because he did Los Angeles radio. Mm. Yes, that is Gary Owens. Born on this date, 1934, past 2015 at the age of 80. Next person, recording artist Kimmy. One of his songs has been used in a movie that you really enjoyed. It's right, I think, right at the opening or one of the opening scenes. Matter of fact, the opening scene. Tell me who the recording artist is. We have multiple clues of some other things, too, he's known for. This song peaked at number five in 1968, but would be used in a movie many years later. Very creepy scene that song is used for to set the time period of being in the late 60s. The song Hurdy Gurdy Man, done by whom? I don't know. Ooh, Kimmy, one of his other hits from 1966. This is number one. Cause I made my mind up, you're going to be mine. I'll tell you right now. That 
that is Sunshine Superman, number one, 1966. Can you tell me who the recording artist is? Donovan? Ooh, Kimmy, you did it. That's right. It's Donovan. He also had a hurdy-gurdy man. He's having a birthday today. He is 71. And hurdy-gurdy man was in Zodiac. And that's right. 2007 film about the Zodiac killer. Very creepy opening scene. The, mm-hmm. the, when they use it. And very, they use it appropriately because it does set the time period very well. Now, he had a song that somehow got past censors, got on radio stations throughout the country, Kimmy. And the song is actually about a certain electronic kind of battery-operated device for pleasuring yourself. Now, do you know the name of the song Donovan had as a hit? It hit number two in 1966. No. Oh, oh, oh. Electric guarantee Casey Kasem never talked about that one, nor did Dick Clark. But that, mm. that yeah, it somehow got past everybody. And especially when you think about the conservative time period of that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I found it hilarious when I was playing at a, when I was working on an old age station, one of my worked at many, many years after that song had been released. Very conservative uh, station owner and general manager who prided himself playing music that was not offensive to anyone it wasn't one of those rap stations and stuff like that. i just used to giggle you know playing that with the, he doesn't even he doesn't get it you know and there were some others too that got passed we'll talk about those at a, another date sid vicious born on this date 1957 kimmy he was part of what band um sid vicious yeah he and johnny rotten were together the Violent Femmes? No. No. Um, uh, the Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols, yeah. And how old was he, within five, when he left Earth? Some say it was suicide. Others say his mother killed him. 30? He was 21 when that happened. He was up on murder charges at that time period. Next person, Kimmy, tell me how old he is and identify who he is. He is best known as the lead vocalist of the rock band U2. Bono. Yes, how old is he today within five? 59. 57, so you you get that one. Moving over to something else a little different in the world of trivia. I see dead people. Notable deaths. It was on his date, 1818, Kimmy. He was an American silversmith and patriot who alerted the colonial militia to the approaching British forces before the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Who is it? He ran around on a horse and said, the British are coming. Others say he said the regulars are coming. It is Paul Revere. You've heard of him, right? Paul Revere. Yes, okay. Yeah. Next person, Kimmy, passed away, 1977, dies at the age of 72. The book and movie Mommy Dearest are about her. Who is it? Joan Crawford. And can you tell me her last movie? Her last movie? Yes. What about Baby Jane? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, her last um... Her, her, her. Wasn't it? Um, wasn't it some like B movie? You're on the right um, track, Kimmy. Yeah, I can't think of it. It's my firm belief that Trog is the missing link, and the prime objective of our program will be to gradually pull Trog across the time span, right into the heart of the 20th century. It's our sacred as well as scientific duty to study this creature with complete dedication and search out the truth. 
Nothing will prevent that. I can only give you an hypothesis. Conceivably, Chog was frozen solid during the long, long glacial age, a state similar to cryogenic suspension. Then as the underground streams and currents brought more and more warmth to the frozen atmosphere, his body thawed out. We now know that human sperm, red blood cells, bone marrow cells, even skin can be brought back to life after freezing. Yes, that is Trog, and did you ever see Trog, Kimmy? No. Don't. That's all I have to say. And it's almost like he has a paper mache mask on. They made for Trog. He spared no expense. Mm. Yeah, tr- tr- maybe we should cosplay as. No, no, I'm no, I'm not going to Trog. No. Yeah, and and then there's the scene when she tries to, you know, lure Trog. A little romancing kind of thing going on. Ew. It doesn't work. Trog is smart. <laughs> and Trog's like, no. <laughs> you just have to... No, you don't... Trust me on it. Just avoid it, okay? Just okay. avoid it. 1990, actress Susan Oliver in a ton of things in the 60s. She dies at the age of 61. Oliver played the female lead character, Vina in The Cage in 1964, which was the first pilot for a certain TV series. Two years later, they chopped up the footage and made it The Menagerie, a two-part episode. Can you tell me the name of the TV show? Star Trek. That's right. And she acted originally opposite or with Captain Pike. Remember? Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Hunter. Why are you here? He's you. Are you real? As real as you wish. Oh, no. No, that's not any answer. I've never met you before. I never even imagined you. Perhaps they made me out of dreams you've forgotten. But and dressed you in the same metal fabric they wear? Well, I have to wear something. Don't I? Or I can wear whatever you wish. Be anything you wish. So they can see how this specimen performs? They want to see how I react, is that it? Don't you have a a dream, something you've always wanted very badly? Or do they do more than just watch me? Do they feel with me, too? You can have whatever dream you want. I can become anything, any woman you've ever imagined. You can have anything you want in the whole universe. Let me please you. Yes, that's Susan Oliver, and she's actually known for being the green girl, the slave girl, the Orion slave girl, because she appears as that in that, you know, that uh, original cage, and then they use that for one of the in title credits. They have her in that, so that's what she's really identified with, you know, a lot of people. They know her as the green girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was 2010, Frank Frazetta died at the age of 82, an American fantasy and science fiction artist, beautiful work. He was inducted into the comic book industry's Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame in 1995 and the Jack Kirby Hall of Fame in 1999. Wrapping up the list, 2012, Carol Shelby, an American automobile designer, dies at the age of 89. He's best known for his involvement with the AC Cobra. That's one wicked car. And later, the Shelby Mustangs, and those are wicked too. Kimmy, I think you did a great job. By the way, we would never let you... (laughs) Well, you can do your own thing, but I would not ride with you if you were driving an AC Cobra or or a Shelby Mustang. Now, Honey West drove an AC Cobra. She had her pet, whatever it was. Ocelot? Yeah, pet Ocelot, right next to her Bruce. That's what he was. Mm. Yeah, she had him in the car. He would guard the car because she had, you know, he had no top. 
Yeah. But we wouldn't let you, uh, I wouldn't ride with you. That's it. I would not ride. You know, you drive. Good luck. Anyhow, Kimmy, I think you did a great job with trivia today. And we're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about, focus on something we talked about with some old time radio featuring Vincent Price. Radio the Riley and Kimmy show. Anytime we can go back in time and focus on the golden age of radio, we take that opportunity and we're doing it right now with something that is really kind of odd, Kimmy. We have something called the 13th Juror. It was a series that ran that had mysteries revolving around people, some of them not very nice people, that had questionable endings. This one, being hosted by Vincent Price in 1949, is about John Wilkes Booth. They actually focus on some history I'm surprised about in 1949, where they talk about he may have not died in the barn. And some of the questions about why was the body hidden when the body was taken from the barn back to Washington, D.C. There's a lot of questions they pose there, and they make you the 13th juror. So we're going back in time with that. It is safe for the entire family, for all ages. It's from 1949. And one of the reasons we are highlighting this or having this is because it is Vincent Price, and he is fantastic. Here we go back in time. John Wilkes Booth, the 13th juror on The Riley and Kimmy Show. Some men never die. Though they pass from this life, they are condemned never to rest, but to stalk over the earth lonely and friendless, until the end of time. Time is the judge, history the jury of these mysterious men whose stories have no ending. And you, seated there beside your radio, you sitting in judgment on this mystery, you are the 13th Juror. Starring the distinguished actor Vincent Price, this is the first in a series of unsolved mysteries, written and directed by Arnold Marquis, creator of NBC's prize-winning programs, Unlimited Horizons, The Pacific Story, and The Fifth Horseman. This is the mystery of the man who shot Abraham Lincoln. We bring you the facts in the case, and we ask you, the 13th juror, what happened to John Wilkes Booth? This is Vincent Price. On the night of April 14, 1865, John Wilkes Booth stepped into the president's box in Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C., shot Abraham Lincoln, jumped to the stage and shouted, rushed out of the back door, and galloped away, 
This much we know. But what happened after this to John Wilkes Booth is shrouded in mystery. Twelve days later, after one of the greatest manhunts of all time, the War Department announced that John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of the President of the United States, was dead. Killed by federal troops near Port Royal, Virginia. The body was brought back to Washington, secretly. Easy now, Joe. Easy. Lower away. At midnight, by the light of flickering candles, the body of the man killed near Port Royal was lowered into a grave beneath a warehouse floor. Easy. Easy now. That's it. All right. Fill it in. When they had finished, they sealed that grave with concrete, level with the warehouse floor. And there, officially, ended the story of John Wilkes Booth. But even before that secret midnight burial, many Americans swore the real John Wilkes Booth had escaped, that they had seen Booth far from Washington, D.C., alive. That wasn't Booth they killed. I saw Booth myself two days after he was... They killed another man to stop the nationwide clamoring for Booth's blood. That's what they did. The United States Secret Service brought back the corpse of an innocent man to collect that $50,000 reward. I heard he was seen outward bound for South America, and if you ask me, I think that... Was he dead, or did he escape? By now, the living ghost of John Wilkes Booth was stalking the earth. Six days after the assassination, John and Martha Murphy, farmers in Oak Harbor, Ohio, had a late caller. Hmm. Somebody's at the door. Uh, this time of night? Yes. It's pretty late for... I'll go. Hmm. It's funny. Just about bedtime. Uh, good evening. Evening. Yes, I beg your indulgence. My name is Jonathan Baxter. I'm a traveler on my way to Toledo. I'd like a room for myself and shelter for my horse. Oh, we ain't got no... No, I cannot go on. I have an injured leg and my horse is dead tired. Well, all we got is a bed in the attic. Well, the attic's no place. Oh, any place will do. And thank you for your kindness. I should be glad to pay whatever you ask. <laughs> oh, my leg pains me so. Oh, hmm. Well, come in. Come in if you don't mind sleeping in the attic. And John, take his horse out to the barn. Well, all right. All right, now right this way, Mr. Baxter. I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Jonathan Baxter, J.B. The same initials as... John Booth. So far as Mr. and Mrs. Murphy of Oak Harbor, Ohio were concerned, Jonathan Baxter slept the sleep of the just. They were up early and so was he. And while John Murphy was out saddling the stranger's horse, Martha engaged him in conversation. Well, 
I guess you travelers see a good deal always on the go. There's quite a good deal, ma'am. Have you heard much about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln in these parts? Well, I guess we heard about it same as everybody else did. Mr. Baxter, your horse is ready. Oh, thank you. You are hospitable indeed. Mr. Baxter was just asking if we heard much about the murder of Mr. Lincoln. Yes, we did. That fellow bull should be catched and strung up. Why do you say that, sir? Well, he killed Mr. Lincoln, didn't he? The man who killed Lincoln was a hero. Are you crazy? Crazy indeed. I shall be immortal. I, I am J. Wilkes Booth. You? J. Wilkes? Yes, I. <laughs> this injured leg of mine was broken in the jump from the presidential box to the stage. But I'll never be taken. Out of my way. But you... I'm on my way to Canada. They'll never take me. It's him. He looks exactly like his picture. Come back here. Come back here. Stop. Stop. I'm Jay Wilkes Booth. Come back here. Was that J. Wilkes Booth? Or was Booth sealed in that grave beneath the warehouse floor in Washington? By this time, J. Wilkes Booth was stalking the earth. Was he living or dead? Not so many years later, parishioners of the church in Richmond, Virginia, watched their minister and wondered... Every Sunday is more and more like that. Shh, people are looking at you. No two men could be so much alike. He came here right after the trouble up north. He looks just like that actor. He's tall and thin, and he had that broken leg when he first came Hush, here. Hush, now, please. If he is both, then we ought to know it. Well, he's a fine minister. His sermons are inspiring and, and polished. Too polished, if you ask me. Be quiet now. He's going to speak. There will be many, ye multitudes, of those who will ponder their ways here on earth and mourn their choice of companions. For there shall be no opportunity for repentance once the gate has been shut before them. Think ye well on the story of the foolish virgins and take it into your heart. For if ye neglect the oil for thy lamp while it is available, you will find the supply has dwindled and gone before ye have fed the wick of thine own torch. And so I say unto you, Know thyself, and keep thy lamp filled with oil, that ye may be numbered in the glorious company. Let us pray. That faker, sometimes I want to stand and shout, Tell us you're really John Wilkes Booth, you blackguard! Was this man John Wilkes Booth? The doubts never died, but this creature had so much charm, so much composure, that no one ever brought him to the challenge. By this time, John Wilkes Booth had become almost a legend. He was seen everywhere. Ten years after the assassination and the reported killing of Booth, a saloon keeper in Granbury, Texas, said something to a youth. You've heard how Abraham Lincoln was shot in Ford's Theater in Washington ten years ago? 
Why, yes, sir. We were told in school. Yeah. And were you told of what happened to the man who fired the shot? To John Booth? Well, he was shot in a barn. He was not shot, my boy. But well, they captured him and in an old... I've wanted to clear my soul of this burden for many and many a year, my lad. I can prove to you, beyond any doubt, that what I have told you is true. That John Booth was not shot? Yes. Or I am J. Wilkes Booth. This fantastic claim might have passed unnoticed. The lurid tale of an irresponsible drink-sodden character. But 25 years later, the boy, now grown to manhood, now a respected attorney in Memphis, Tennessee, journeyed to Enid, Oklahoma, to view the body of a human derelict who had committed suicide. Attorney Finis L. Bates scrutinized the body. Yes, this is the body of the same man who told me 25 years ago that he was Booth. This is not the body of an ordinary vagrant. This is the body of John Wilkes Booth. Attorney Bates took the body back to Memphis, kept it there for many years, mummified, while he made an exhaustive investigation of the Booth mystery. Booth was not killed. I have his complete confession. And I know the name of the man who did die in that tobacco barn in Virginia on that confused and bloody day in 1865. If the man buried under the warehouse floor in Washington was not John Wilkes Booth, who was it? Immediately after the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, the nation seethed in the frantic search for the fugitive Booth. Troops of cavalry scoured the countryside, but the tall, thin assassin, dramatic in word and action, slipped through their lines. Some days later, two gaunt men, one of them tall and thin, with an injured leg, turned up at the ferry on the Rappahannock River, Port Royal, Virginia. Look. That Confederate soldier there is waiting for the ferry to take him and his team and wagon across the river. He? He looks suspicious to me. Well, stop clenching your hands like that. I wasn't clenching my hands. I ain't nervous. Ask him to give us a lift down the road. But I don't know what to say. Weakling, ask him. Well, all right. How'd he do? Uh, my name's Dave Boyd. I'm Captain Jet. Willie Jet. Glad to know you. Uh, this here's my, my brother, Mr. John Boyd. Mr. Boyd? How do you do, sir? My pleasure. Well, my brother here, he, he's wounded. Ball in the leg. My regrets, sir. Yes. The end of a glorious, a majestic effort. There is not for us Confederates to do now but to go home, broken in body and spirit, as I am. Uh, Captain Jet, sir... Would you mind giving us a lift down the road, maybe? Well, perhaps I can manage. No, sir, I'm grateful for your charity. I'll try to clear a place on the wagon. Well, here, I'll help you. There. Here, I guess there's a place for you two now. Oh, thank you, sir. Here, take my hand. Hang on now. Ferry's come to take us across. (laughs) 
they crossed the river and rolled down the road, Captain Willie Jett eyed his two passengers. I'll be glad to get home. Yes. For the spirit of the true South isn't crushed. Oh, that's right. I didn't see as much action as I wished, but I'll be proud of my part. Every true Southerner should be proud of his part. Yes, a Southern gentleman's badge of honor is his uniform. But there were some heroes who did not wear the uniform. Well, I suppose. Some of us were heroes in another sense. How do you mean? I am the assassinator of the president. I'm afraid I, I don't understand you, sir. I killed President Lincoln. You? Don't pay no attention to him, Captain. He's all Silence, fool. I am Jay Wilkes Booth. Hey, it's impossible. Uh, look at my leg. Broken in the jump from the president's box to the stage. It's broken. Not shot. He don't know what he's saying. He Great don't know what he's... deeds are not done on the battlefields alone. You, Jay Wilkes Booth. Yes, did you ever see me on the stage? <laughs> I am the Brutus who has saved this nation. And yet the newspapers call me cutthroat and hireling thug. I... Jay Wilkes Booth. <laughs> but it was I, I, who forever ended tyranny in this nation. Captain Willie Jett was struck with fear. Four miles down the road from Port Royal, he palmed off the two suspicious characters to a farmer named Jack Garrett. Yeah, I guess we got a bed for you upstairs. Well, I should be grateful, sir. Well, Captain Jett, give us a lift, because we... We was with A.P. Hill's corps. Hmm. You two see anything of that play actor John Booth on the road? No. Uh, no, no. We, we ain't seen nothing of him. No. Have you? They're offering $50,000 reward for him. Dead or alive. That is a great deal of money. Wished he'd come this way so I could catch him and get the reward. If he were to come this way, would you inform against him? I could sure use the money. Yes, but you would... What's that? Cavalry? Oh. Yeah, there's a troop of Yankees coming down the road. Yankee Soldiers? Yeah, Yankees. We have to hide the food. Lock the barn. Uh, perhaps I'd better hide, too. Oh, you're not in danger, sir. Oh, it's best that we hide. Come, cousin, give me a hand. Where are you going, Mr. Boyd? I'm wounded. I fear them. Well, they won't touch you. They might steal provisions. Look! Oh, look, a whole troop of Yankees riding by. Yeah, it must be important for that many cavalrymen to be down here. Oh! Oh! Ah! Shall we search this farmhouse, Lieutenant? No, it looks all right. Hold it! Hold! I wonder what they're looking for. Maybe they're after you, Mr. Boyd, and your cousin. <laughs> uh, for us? Why? What would they want us for? What are you hiding? My good fellow, we have nothing to hide. Are you telling the truth, Mr. Boyd? <laughs> the gospel truth, sir. Mr. Boyd, you better clear on out of here. Clear up, Mr. Garrett, your father assured me that he was glad to help a former Confederate soldier, especially being wounded. I don't trust you. I don't understand, sir. The way you wanted to sneak off and those soldiers came. Oh, that. Well, get that... your belongings and get. We don't want you on our place. My good fellow, I'm a wounded man. We don't want you around here, either of you. But we can't go on tonight. My leg. Can't we sleep under the porch? No. Dogs are tear to pieces. I must plead with you, Mr. Garrett. I cannot go tonight. Can't we sleep anywhere? In the barn, perhaps? Near our horses? No. No, you'll have to get out. My friend, suspect us of anything you must, but I pray you don't put us out tonight. Please let us sleep in the barn. Please, sir. Well, you can sleep in the tobacco barn, on the hay. But I'm going to sleep in the corn crib. No horses going to be stolen from here in the night. (laughs) 
The stage was set for a dramatic scene the world would never forget. As evening fell, the two strangers made their bed in the hay in the tobacco barn. The tall, thin one with the dramatic voice lay himself down with a grand manner. Nearby in the corn crib lay Jack Garrett, pondering over the name John Boyd and the initials J.B. and their possible relationship to John Booth. And up the road at the Goldman Tavern, tossing and turning in his sleep, was the Confederate officer who had given the two strangers a lift from the ferry at the Rappahannock, Captain Willie Jett. Hmm. <laughs> oh. Who is it? Break in the door! Wake up! Wake up, Captain Jett! Wake up! Who are you? What do you want? I'm Lieutenant Doherty, in charge of the search for Booth. Wake up, I say. Wake up. Oh, oh, what's that against my ribs? A pistol. We want information, and we want it fast. Where's Booth? Who? Booth. John Wilkes Booth. Oh, I don't know. Sergeant, put that rope around his neck. Yes, yeah, so we'll take... Ah, 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 don't, don't. All right, where's Booth? I don't know where he is, Ollie. We have information that you gave John Wilkes Booth and Davy Herald a ride in your wagon. Now, where is he? Then it was Booth. It was Booth. He, he said he was an assassinator of the president, but I had Where is he? I, I, I dropped him off at a farmhouse. A, a farmhouse about four miles down the road to Bowling Green. Get up. You're taking us there. Hot on the trail, the Federal Cavalry Troop galloped down the lonely road through the dark of night. Captain Willie Jett leading the way, the Yankee lieutenant and his sergeant riding full tilt beside him. With pistols drawn and sabers flashing in the moonlight, they drew up to a halt on the Garrett farm. Surround the house and barn. Come with me, Captain Jett. Yes, sir. Open up. Open up. Sergeant, bring that rope. Yes, sir. It's two o'clock in the morning, sir. Maybe... Open up, or we'll break in the door. Here, here. What do you want? Searching party. Where's Booth? Booth? Yes, John Wilkes Booth. Where is he? Oh, I, I don't understand. We're looking for John Wilkes Booth. Captain Jett, tell this man what you told me. I'll put Jay Wilkes Booth off here. Now, where is he? Oh, it's Boyd and his cousin. They told me they were brothers. They're down in the tobacco barn. Where is that barn? Yeah, right down this way. Yeah, they're, they're in there. Get in there and tell them to surrender. But I... I... Get in there. All right. Gentlemen, place is surrounded by Yankee troops. They want you to come out and give yourselves up. Get out of here, you blasphemous fool. Oh, that I should have trusted such a treacherous villain. All right, yeah, he won't come out. He's waving a pistol in the carbine. I'll talk to him. Now, quiet, everybody. John Wilkes Booth, I've come in the name of the federal government to arrest you for the murder of President Lincoln. Come out and give yourself up. I am being persecuted as a Christian. Oh, we're caught. Oh, we've got to give up. We've got to. Silence, you idiot. Come out. I demand your surrender in the name of the federal government. I'm going to go. I'm going out there to give myself up. Oh, we're trapped and I can see them out there. They'll shoot. I'm going. I'm going. Jamie. Jamie. Look, Lieutenant. He's coming out smirking and fawning like it was silly. Sergeant, find this man and put a guard over him. Yes, sir. Now, Booth, 
Davy Harold has given himself up. Come out while there's still time. Oh, in the democracy of the dead, all men at last are equal. I am a poor wounded Confederate soldier. Come out, Booth, or we'll come in and take you. Oh, oh I'll show you my courage. I will come out and fight all of you on my crutch. Oh, my poor, poor leg. We'll smoke him out. Sergeant Corbett. Yes, sir. My orders are that no one is to shoot. We must take this man alive. Understand? Yes, sir, but, but he might try to fight his way out. He has a couple of guns. My orders are no one is to shoot. Yes, sir. Go around to the rear of the barn. Reach in through one of the cracks and set fire to the hay on the floor. We'll smoke him out. Yes, sir. A wisp of smoke billowed into a cloud, and suddenly the barn was ablaze, a flaming holocaust in the dark of night. The troopers held their positions, the grim expressions etched in their faces by the firelight. Watch him, men. Don't let him escape, but take him alive. Inside the barn, the trapped man struck at the flames, struck out like a wild man. The flames leapt up around him. Hold your positions, men. Suddenly, in the back of the barn, somebody fired. Somebody fired a gun. Booth is down. He shot. Somebody shot Booth. Who fired that gun? Quick, quick, rush in and drag him out. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Uh, give us some help. Come on. Here, here. Carry him over to the porch. Well, look, bullet hit him in the head. Did he shoot himself? No, that, that sergeant shot him. Sergeant Corbett, why did you fire against orders? God Almighty directed me. Was this the end of John Wilkes Booth? Was it John Wilkes Booth who stopped that night at the Murphy Farmhouse near Oak Harbor, Ohio? Was that minister in Richmond, Virginia, John Wilkes Booth? Was that saloon keeper in Granbury, Texas, who killed himself in Enid, Oklahoma, John Wilkes Booth? Thousands of fragments of evidence testify that John Wilkes Booth escaped, and thousands of denials have been made that this could have been possible. What then happened to the man who killed Abraham Lincoln? Time is the judge, history the jury, and you are the 13th juror. The decision rests with you. just heard Vincent Price in The Thirteenth Juror, written and directed by Arnold Marquis. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. 
We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.